effect a timely halt to deteriorating conditions and to ensure the common good. A state of emergency is declared for these territories by decree of Lord Cutler Beckett, duly appointed representative of His Majesty the King. By decree, according to martial law, the following statutes are temporarily amended. Right to assembly, suspended. Right to habeas corpus, suspended. Right to legal counsel, suspended. Right to verdict by a jury of peers, suspended. By decree, all persons found guilty of piracy, or aiding a person convicted of piracy, or associating with a person convicted of piracy, shall be sentenced to hang by the neck until dead. Sovereignty itself, of course, is not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to His Hardline. This is your place, this is your source to get the word of God learn true history of this nation. This is the place and the source where you get solutions on how to become a free people, to have the right to assemble. One nation under God, one community. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time and we will push him back on their side. Welcome to his hard line. It's time to get our nation back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side. They are the host, they are at the wheel, and they are at the helm, and they are steering this ship through these crazy, chaotic waters that we call life. They're steering us through the storm. But like I always say, fear not, as it says in the Bible 365 times, depending on the version that you have, fear not. Fear not. And again, we always have to have complete surrender of our life over to God, and he will steer our personal vessel into that safe harbor, and he will help bring peace to our life. We just have to trust in God and Jesus Christ that, you know, if we give complete surrender of our life over to them, we will be just fine. So welcome again. Glad to have you all here. I am back. It has been far too long. I cannot be off the air this long. Is that, that? Let me tell you something. So first off, when I did the 1% with him podcast just before this one, I struggled at that one. <laughs> I struggled at that one big time because I got thrown out of my routine. I forgot my intro. I forgot all the stuff that I typically say. You know, it's one of those things, right? You don't you use it, you lose it. Man, I can't believe how quickly I lost it. My memory must be going to hell. Um, but 
you know what? We'll get back in the swing of things. It is Friday, September 16th, 2022. I hope everybody had a wonderful week. I hope everybody's going to have a wonderful Friday and a good week in leading up, you know, to the end of the day. So I hope everyone has a good, you know, upcoming weekend. Um, oh, man, I tell you, there's so much that has taken place in the last week, week and a half. Ah, uh, man, I tell you, I don't even know where to begin. Just so, so much. Um, I'm still... Excuse me. <clears throat> As you can tell, still dealing with this pesky cough. I've been taking this natural remedy from someone in the assembly. Um, her daughter is uh, a naturopath, uh, uh, you know, that does, you know, natural remedies and stuff like that. And her background, she was an EMT for quite some time. I think she said 11 or 12 years, maybe 13. I can't remember exactly. I had a nice conversation with her. And crazy enough, she actually lives in the same neighborhood that I do. Um which was, it's kind of cool, just a couple streets down. But um, yeah, her and her family, she's got three children and, you know, she's married and they're very, very sweet family. And so my wife is kind of hellbent on getting everything out of our house that has chemicals, completely getting rid of everything, like from the dryer sheets to using, you know, the scented, um, the scented uh, dish detergent and, 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 dish, you know, clothes, you know, you know, everything, detergents, shampoos, deodorants. We're going to try to do everything clean, no chemicals, no toxic metals. Um, I, I looked at my wife. I'm like, look, remember Rome wasn't built in a day. Okay. Let's, let's start off by really eating clean. Cause that's the biggest thing that we input into our bodies every day outside of wearing clothes. So I said, okay, let's, let's clean up our laundry with, you know, non-toxic, you know, crap and, um, and our food. It's amazing what they put in every single thing that's used to, to, to harm our bodies and our minds and our heart and our health overall. <sighs> I tell you, it's really nuts. But anyway, today's discussion is not going to really have any type of agenda. This is called Coffee with Jason because I, there is no agenda. It's going to be completely unscripted. Just kind of go over the topics of kind of what's been going on. And uh, I tell you, there is so much to cover. In fact, before I do, let me take a quick sip here of my coffee, because again, it is coffee with Jason. It is helping me out. And we got my good friend, Randy on. And I think we just saw Rita hop on. Good morning, Rita. Good morning, Randy. Love having you guys here. I'm sorry that I was away for so long. You guys rock. I, and Rita, I know it's like super duper early over there in California. So thank you for waking up as early as you do. Me personally, if it was me, I'd, I'd, I'd be like, look, I haven't, I, I, I have, I will listen to your show, Jason, but I am not waking up at 5 a.m. to listen to you live. I'm going to catch you on the download side. <laughs> That's me. I hate, I hate waking up early. I absolutely hate waking up early. But Rita does every morning. She woke up at 430 and man, tell you what. I just, I'm, I'm so blown away. You know, it's just the few individuals that come here on a regular basis that make work, make it worth coming to this podcast. I don't care if I have a hundred thousand followers. I don't care how many downloads I get. Just the few individuals that come here that those are the real, you know, those are the people I really like coming here to do this for. Cause like I always said, even if it only touches a few souls, a few individuals, and it makes a difference, then you know what? That is a win in my book. I don't care who, I mean, I do care. I want this to touch as many people as possible. But, you know, I like to make sure that this podcast really is helpful 
for as many people as possible. So anyway, <clears throat> where should we start? Let's see. Let me take a sip of coffee real quick. Cause it is again, coffee with Jason here. And, and the coffee has been actually helping suppress my cough here. So hold on. If you got coffee, take a sip with me. Ah, that's really good. I got, uh, I got cheap coffee. I got uh, Maxwell House Blend going on here in my cup. Let's see, Rita's drinking tea. That's great. Um, yeah, if you want to share what you're drinking on the chat board, do, by all means. Um, yeah, I got this house blend with Maxwell House Coffee. It's uh, probably one of the, <laughs> it's probably like an old person coffee, Maxwell House. <laughs> and then we got Raccoon Six that just ro rolled in on the chat. Good morning, Raccoon Six. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you here. Uh, let's see. Randy's drinking Folgers. Ugh, I can't do Folgers. Sorry. I, I don't mean to yuck your yum. I've tried so many different Folgers flavors. I can't get into Folgers. <laughs> but you know what? I'll drink Folgers over Starbucks, though, any day. Because Starbucks, that's a that's an evil brand. I cannot, I, cannot, I cannot stand Starbucks. Starbucks can go. Well, they can go down to the under pits of hell is where I say they can go. <laughs> so, all right. First off, I guess before we get into covering and kind of recapping everything that you guys already heard already, I got to start off on a very, very positive note. Let me play this little sound clip for just a second. This, this is my new happy place. That was the sound of trampling horses. Big Belgium horses, by the way, outside of our hotel that we stayed at, if you can even call it a hotel, it was called the Mackinac House. <sighs> I tell you what, two nights was not enough, especially when the second night you're feeling like garbage. <laughs> it um, Two nights in Mackinac Island is not enough. And anybody who lives near the Michigan area, whether if you're in Wisconsin, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, heck, even Kentucky, you got to make the trip to Mackinac Island. If you're further out, I would, I would recommend, because Mackinac Island is a pricey island. It is a very, very pricey island. And wait, I just got, I'm, I'm getting a little distracted from the chat board. Let's see, someone's saying, I see Rita's saying she's try try buying green, what is it? unroasted beans and roasting them so good i should try that because i think scott on bards fm he always talks about how he does that because he's a big coffee snob over there from what i understand i've always wanted to do that buy unroasted beans roast them myself i should try that i bet there's probably a lot of peace in doing that hmm yeah i think i should try that somebody said i'm drinking let's see raccoon says i'm drinking uh what is this bustello espresso oh bougie that's very, very bougie. He says, that's my usual coffee. <laughs> I love the bouginess going on here. You got the espresso types coming up in here. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of Raccoon 6, um, I got an email from him. I, I've been, I, I asked him to reach out to me, and um, I, I eventually want to have him on the show. He's got, um, and I don't know him personally. I, don't, I haven't even talked to him on the phone yet or anything like that, but you know, he sounds like an interesting individual. I might have him on just for, you know, a discussion, try it one show. He's got a lot of information that he, you know, he researches a lot of stuff, you know, podcasters won't have him on the show because there's so many people that, you know, that, uh, that they, they don't, they don't want to give him a chance. don't want to give him a shot to, you know, share some of the stuff that's out there. 
and um you know stuff that people probably look at us like we're really crazy so one of these days and i will have him on the show i'm just trying to get back in the swing of things here especially after you know vacations and all the deaths we had this summer i mean it was just been kind of a hellish summer to be quite honest with you in fact i helped my father-in-law yesterday we kind of made a joke my uh, father-in-law my wife's um, uncle and her cousin we all the four of us went out to the cottage that my in-laws have and i helped them uh, push out the uh the uh the boat lift and that's kind of a bit of a process you know and so i it's funny i helped him put it in as well as the uh the finger dock that attaches to the main dock at the cottage you know the lake cottage and then um and then i help him you know at the end of the summer after labor day and we push it out and it just dawned on me like my goodness i'm like you know stan i said i gotta tell you i we (laughs) I was here to put in the the dock at the beginning of summer, and now I'm here at the end of summer put taking it out. I said, but you know what? I did not enjoy this boat one day all summer because so many people were dying. We had vacations, of course, you know, in between all that. And now, you know, it just we had so much going on. I'm like, my gosh. He goes, ah, you weren't there at the beginning of summer. He goes, you weren't there to put it in. I said, excuse me, sir. Yes, I was. I say the reason I could tell you I was is because I remember that you lost a couple of bolts that we really needed to attach the finger dock to the main dock and you needed to go to the hardware store to get the long bolts that you needed. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I guess I retract my statement. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, man, I'm like, you losing your memory, sir? Let's. (laughs) So anyway, so but yeah, I love that sound, though, of trampling horses back to that sound clip. If you ever get a chance, ladies and gentlemen, go to. Mackinac Island. And like I said, if you're way out of out, like say, if you're like Rita and you're living way out in California, if you do come to Michigan, Michigan, and first off, California is beautiful. I've been out there um, a couple times and it's, it's really, really pretty out there when there's no fires burning and you're not smelling smoke, uh, stale smoke throughout the atmosphere. Um, but it is beautiful. Um, just absolutely stunning. It's just amazing, though, how you get certain groups out there that are trying to destroy that state. They're trying to unbeautify that state and they're just trying to just take, you know, they're just trying to destroy it all around. And uh, yeah, Rita, like I said, she's out there and she says that we're trying to keep it, you know, we're, we're fighting to keep it pretty. It is a lot of beautiful landscape, northern and southern California. And uh, we have to keep that state beautiful. We do. Every state we need to keep beautiful. Every place on the West Coast there to the East Coast, you know, from Maine to Florida. Now, New York, uh, I don't know. There's some pretty state. There's some pretty parts in New York. I'm not going to dog New York. There's something beautiful in every state. And yes, even believe it or not, New Jersey, Cape May, New Jersey is probably a, a, a town that's almost about as identical as Mackinac Island. Mackinac Island and Cape May, New Jersey are very, very identical, except in Cape May, New Jersey, you have cars. But as far as the Victorian homes and being a, you know, a, a seashore type of town, it's a very beautiful, beautiful area. Um, you know, so anyway, <coughs> excuse me. So, but yeah, it's a uh, Mackinac Island is a very pretty, pretty place. I recommend everybody go. You can't just do two nights. You need to do like three nights. Um, yeah. Someone here is from Montana. I've always wanted to go out to Montana. I always thought Montana would be a really cool place to check out. Absolutely. So, but that is, that's kind of like in a nutshell about what, what's kind of, you know, my little trip in Mackinac Island. That's the best sound is those horse trompings. I mean, that's all you hear from morning to night 
was the trampling of those big Belgium horses up and down the streets and the screeching and creaking of the old, of the old, uh, you know, the wagons. I mean, let me tell you something. So that island, because like I said, that island does not, is not allowed to have cars. So everybody gets around on bikes and horse, horse and buggy, right? Two things that made me about, excuse my language, piss myself. I laughed so hard when I saw this. So the first time, the first thing I saw is because, like I said, everybody rolls around on bicycles and there's roughly about 500 residents that live on that island year round. Now, my wife is in a shop looking around, you know, doing what women do, about ready to spend daddy's money. Um, but I'm standing outside just, you know, just taking in the scenery, listening to the horse, you know, tromplings and watching all the bicyclists go by. And like literally when you cross the street, just because there's no cars doesn't mean you don't look both ways because man, those bicyclists will run you over because they're going full bore. So anyway, I look off to my left and I see this guy just cruising full speed on this like mountain bike. And he's in a full blown suit. I'm talking not some cheap suit that a cheap lawyer wears. I mean, a beautiful, probably, you know, thousand dollar suit. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but it was a nice looking suit. And this guy's just barreling down the street with his coat on tie he's got his briefcase in a little tow behind trailer that you know one of those trailers that you put on, on a bike that you put like toddlers in yeah just cruising down the street i'm like what the hell did i just see because normally you see people on bicycles they're exercising right they're in exercise attire sneakers or you know helmet stuff like that. nope this guy's in a full-blown suit with his briefcase in the back of his bike i'm like what what is this and then when i thought i had saw seen it all i'm at my hotel and i'm just sitting there with my coffee and everything is done in horse and buggy not just touring people around and, and carting people around but from the trash pickup to uh delivering kegs of beer yeah there's a beer keg delivery uh horse and buggy that was pretty wild to see and to ups delivery I was sitting there on the porch of the place that we were staying at. And then I hear this sound. Right? I hear this sound. And here's this guy. <laughs> here's this guy in a brown uniform. What's the brown uniform? Oh, it's UPS. And he is getting the, the, the horse and buggy stops. And he gets off the trailer. And he starts delivering packages. I'm like, get out of here i'm like get out of here i'm like that is the coolest thing ever my grandfather used to drive for ups i took a video of it and i sent it to him I'm like dude you should have worked for ups up here <laughs> i thought it was awesome i was like wow i'm like you know what life needs to go back to this yeah i make my living hauling fuel but i'll tell you one thing if it meant society went back to horse and buggy i would in a heartbeat i wouldn't care if it meant going back to if it meant going back to old ways of doing things, I would so be for it. Seriously, I would be so for it. Being on that island felt like a blast in the past. I felt like with with hints of modernism, of course, it was nice to see no engined, you know, powered vehicles. And yes, they have a couple on the island. They have a police car, of course. And they have a fire engine or two, I think, one fire engine or two, and then uh, an EMS. you got to have that. I mean, because like I said, there's still 500 residents that live on the island full time. And I guess the residents that live on there 
full full time, when the Straits of Mackinac, when they freeze over, they do have snowmobiles. So, you know, when the ferries aren't running, obviously, because of ice, they can take their snowmobiles and, you know, dart across the ice. And, you know, and uh, I think it's, what is it, Lake Huron? I think it's where Lake Huron and Lake um, Michigan meet, I believe. or I can't remember. Maybe Lake Superior. I can't remember. I got to look at a map. But when the lake is covered with ice, they can actually, you know, zoom, zoom across the lake with uh, their snowmobiles. But yeah, it was it was so beautiful. I mean, I know I'm probably rambling on right now, but I just can't begin to explain to you with words how beautiful that island is. I, anybody who has an has a chance, go to Mackinac Island. It was so beautiful. I can't even stress it. Like I said, it was just yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that. So while I was there on the island, though, I guess I heard ding dong, the witch is dead, huh? I heard uh, the queen had finally died. Is what I'm uh, what I've gathered. Oh. <sighs> What do I say to that? Oh, that's so sad. I don't know. Personally, I think she's been dead for some time. That's just me. But I do finding it, find it interesting, though, that the day of her death that was announced, that it marked the 1,776th day since the first Q drop. That was pretty interesting. That's kind of coincidental, or is it? You know, so I found that very interesting. 1776, it marks seven, 1,776 days since the first Q drop. And I was like, wow. I'm like, huh, that's very interesting. All right, we touched on that. Queen's dead. We already knew that. Old news, moving on. Now, in Michigan here, I thought was very interesting. So I found this article, and it kind of irritates me. Because it says, let's see here, I'm, I'm reading, um, says more than 150 Michigan Republicans launched a new campaign effort to boost the reelection prospects of Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who's a Democrat, by the way, against the GOP opponent, Tudor Dixon, who is backed by former President Trump. Well, first off, he's not former President Trump. Let's get this right. He is still president. And I'm pretty, and I'm pretty sure we got that illustrated with solid proof using uh, military law and federal law um, by that guy named Derek Johnson. That's you know making the uh, you know he's making some pretty good serious uh, waves in the podcast community, making debuts and having conversations. But yeah, Trump's still president. So first off, let's correct that. Not former President Trump, but by President Trump, Tudor Dixon. I mean, here's the thing. She is someone that we got to watch out for, too. I don't care who Trump is backing. Now, Trump is a very smart man. There's a reason why he's doing some of the things that he's doing. I can't point my finger on what he's what he's actually doing. But I could tell you this, that everything that he does, he does with purpose. So, yeah, I just find that interesting, though, that 150 traitorous Michigan Republicans are launching a campaign to boost the reelection of Gretchen Whitmer. I'm sorry, but you know what? With what, with what Whitmer did to this state, yeah, she's going to definitely have a one-way ticket fast track down to Gitmo. There's no doubt. Our uh, our constitutional candidate for governor, Donna Brandenburg, um, I tell you what, she is the one that we need in this state. Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, and 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 the it just... It, She's going to be the one that's going to be able to, how do I want to say this? She's not going to be the one that's going to fix everything because it's not meant for one woman or one man to fix. 
It's actually by we the people. Everything that's happening needs to be fixed by we the people. And I think there was a sound clip. I was going to play it, but I'm not going to play it just because, you know, I I play enough of General Flynn. But he always keeps saying, like, because I think he was he was talking about, you know, how people keep trying to tag him to Q, QAnon and all that other stuff. And, you know, the whole trust the plan. Well, he says it very eloquently in this one video. And I think Donna, um, she shared it on her Telegram page about how we need to, you know, she, you know, uh, boy, fumbling my words here. She posted a video and he was talking about that. We do not need to trust any plan. The plan is us. We need to rely on ourselves for the plan. And that's basically all there is to it. We need to get involved on the local level, in the county level, because that's where the people are. What works in one county may, may not work in another county on the other side of the state. What works in one state may not work in another side of the country for a different state. See, the federal government, people keep thinking that the federal government is our answer to, to fixing things. I hate to break it to you. The federal government is one of the biggest reasons why we have the problems that we do in this nation. It's at the local level that controls the federal government. And this is why the assemblies are so very important. And as far as these 150 Michigan Republicans, let me tell you something. They are going to be sent down to Gitmo too, because I guarantee you every single one of these people, every single one of these people are going to be able to have proof against them for either sedition or um, treason of some degree, or they've probably participated in some sort of crimes against humanity. There's a lot of them that are going to be going down to Gitmo. There's a reason why Gitmo's being expanded with more courtrooms, with more, um, just they're expanding in every which way they can. Why? Because we're going to have a lot of, well, we're going to have a lot of tribunals and a lot of stuff that are going to be taking place down there. That stuff isn't happening just because they just feel like spending money. And again, here's the other thing. If Joe Biden was really president, again, I know I've heard this point being made um, across other platforms, and I'm just going to reiterate it here. It is our line. But if Joe Biden was truly president, he would actually have the, be able to have the power to stop expanding the expansion of Gitmo. He really would. If he was truly president, he would be able to stop the expansion of Gitmo. He keeps talking about it. He always keeps saying that, he, oh, I'm going to stop the expansion of Gitmo and blah, 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 blah. Guess what? He hasn't done it. Why? Guess what? Because he's not president, ladies and gentlemen. He is not the rightful president. Guess who is? Donald J. Trump. Which brings me up to another thing. I saw like a clip, I think it was the other day, by an independent journalist. Supposedly Trump was in D.C. He was getting off a, a private plane. And it looked like him, for sure. He was, I guess, still in his golf uh, attire. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't really have any updates or news on that. But I found that kind of pretty interesting because usually when he's traveling, you know, he's usually in his full-blown suit, stuff like that. But it looked like he came right from the golf course and went right to D.C. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So I don't know. But, yeah, I just find it very annoying. And it kind of pisses me off that these 150 so-called Republicans, but let's call it for what it is, it's just one big giant uni, you know, unicami party because the Republican party and the Democrat party, they're all one. Don't let the labels fool us. They're all one. Yeah, they are rhinos, Rita. In fact, I wouldn't even call them rhinos. At the end of the day, I don't even know why we have parties. Should be all nonpartisan. And I just, I, you know, if this isn't something that wakes people in Michigan up, 
these 150 people, these Republicans, quote unquote, starting a campaign to 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 back Whitmer against Tudor Dixon. Give me a break. People need to wake up. It people need to seriously wake up. Anyway, let's uh I'm gonna scroll past this story. That's just straight up annoying. Let's see, there's other things I've been kind of catching here. So from like the Gateway Pundit, this is interesting. 17-year-old student suffers heart attack after finishing a cross-country race, found two blood clots, and doctors are baffled on exactly what happened. I don't know, maybe check his vaccination status. Did he get the shots? See, we're hearing more and more of these stories of younger people that are dying. Athletes, too. I'm not... I'm not trying to dog on these shots for the sake of dogging them. I'm dogging them because now there's proof coming out that these are killing people. These are hurting people. And the faster we get our assemblies in line, folks, the faster we'll be able to serve up justice via the grand juries, the de jure grand juries that are ran and basically owned, if you will, by the people. And then somebody was just saying on here, Randy was saying, I love how the Florida governor sent the illegals to Harris's residence. Yeah, I think uh, not just DeSantis, but what's his name? Governor Abbott in Texas. Now, I have my skepticism about Abbott, but supposedly he's been sending people up to New York and D.C. and I believe Martha's Vineyard, too. That's a very interesting story in of itself. I'm not going to pound that to death because I see all the major main you know news media and and uh, I'm sure other independent podcasters are talking about, so I'm not going to, you know, beat that story up. But all I'm going to say is this, you know, the, there's a, there's a guy on serious radio that I talk, that I listen to, um, Andrew Wilkow with the Wilkow majority. He's actually a really good radio host. I like listening to him. Yep. Chicago's another one. And he says, you can't bring there to here without here becoming there. So in other words, excuse me, first cough. So in other words, you know, you get all these Democrats, we'll just call it these leftists up in these bougie cities. I got to take a sip of coffee. Excuse me. It is coffee with Jason. You can't, you can't, be one of these leftists in some of these blue cities trying to virtue signal saying, you know, th- thinking that you're, you're all for humanity. And, you know, you, you say, Oh, people should come into America. You know, we should let them in across our borders. You're just a xenophobe racist because you don't want Mexicans and Guatemalans and Argentinians and, and Peruvians to come in our, in our nation. No, that's not it. That's not it at all. There is a process, and it should be a lawful process, because we should be a nation called the United States of America with secure borders. And we welcome anybody around the world to come in this nation as long as they are doing it lawfully. And they're not coming in unlawfully only to rape and pillage the benefits which are paid by the taxpayers of this nation. Now, this is a very big broken system. Again, one of the biggest reasons why, again, everything I'm going to talk about here is going to come back to the assemblies. 
When we have our assembly of states, the 38 states that we need, folks, I'm not kidding when I tell you this, this is going to help solve a good majority of these problems, these policy issues. This is going to solve the immigration issue, the illegal immigration issue at that. We have to get back power on the local level because the only way that we phase out the de facto, okay, which is still technically a form of government that's running this nation, let's be honest, because the de jure government ran and operated by the people in assembly. Yes, we're in term and we do have power to a certain degree, but we do not have the, uh, the power that the de facto still has. Why? Because we don't have the numbers in the different state assemblies nationwide, nor do we have the sufficient number of states that we need to basically get rid of the de facto. We need to get our people activated and involved on the local level because a lot of these issues will go away. I don't feel one bad. Or, you know, I don't feel a bit bad that illegal immigrants are getting bussed up to Kamala Harris's front yard or New York City or D.C. You got Mayor Bowser wanting to declare a state of emergency for her town or, an, you know, whatever, a national emergency for her city there. But when D.C. was burning down, oh, no, 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 we can't. We, we, you know, there's no emergency here. There's no emergency here. Meanwhile, D.C.'s burning, the church is burning, everyone is knocking down statues. Oh, no, 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 it's, we're, we're not burning. But now everything is, you know, normal up there, if you want to call it normal. We'll just say it's not burning down, which again, remember, D.C. is still foreign land. Yeah, it's on our soil, but it's still technically a foreign nation. But now you got all these illegal immigrants getting bust into that, into that city. <clears throat> and, and Mayor Bowser wants to, you know, call an emergency. Why? This is what Texas and New Mexico and in Arizona and California, Southern California, this is what they get to deal with. And, and Florida, you know, to a degree. This is what these people in these border states, legit border states, have to deal with every day. Speaking of Florida... I guess I'm reading here in the Gateway Pundit, more Disney employees are arrested in the latest Florida child sex sting in Polk County. I tell you, when will people realize that Disney is not a good brand? There's so many sicko pedos in that organization. When will people figure it out? We have so many people in my neighborhood that are Disney freaks. Everything they have to have for their children is Disney this, Disney that. Me and my wife, or I should say my wife and I, that was kind of improper grammar, but my wife and I, we shake our heads. We're like, wow. Wow. But it's, it's slowly, you know, it's slowly but surely getting, you know, getting cleaned out. It's not going to happen overnight, folks. But again, in the meantime, while law enforcement and the military are doing their operations, we need to be here on the ground getting involved in our assemblies so that we can continue what we have to do. Let's see here. Then there was a report that came out 
earlier in the week by Disclose.tv illustrating how the total net worth of American households has diminished and it's continuing to drop. So apparently, the net worth of U.S. households fell over $6 trillion in quarter two. Household net worth decreased by $6.1 trillion in the second quarter, primarily driven by a drop in stock prices, and we saw more of that happen this week. Now that the queen is dead, I think we're going to really see a, a, a boost and a, um, what do you want to call it? I think we're going to see an expediting of a continuing of the fiat dollar crashing. Let's see. I wanted to bring up something here. Where was it? I think Trump even said it himself not too long ago. Where was it? I'm trying to find it. I mean, he said this right here. Another, I told you so. The stock market is now on top of everything else crashing. One of the worst seven days in history, one of the worst years in history, and it will only get worse. Wasteful Green New Deal and other spending interest rates will have to go way up in order to combat record inflation. The Fed no longer has a choice. Listen to that. The Fed no longer has a choice. I'm going to repeat that for a third time. The Fed no longer has a choice. Holy crap. What do you think that means? I'm going to tell you what that means. It means that the fiat dollar now is finally, the final cards are about to come crashing down. The final crash is about to take place. And yeah, like Rita was saying here in the chat board, God is revealing the evil. People can't sit on the fence anymore. Lukewarm will not work. That's exactly it. Randy was just saying too, yeah, I remember seeing this video. Some Venezuelan gangbangers said that they are bringing them in to take America down within two years. Guess what? That ain't going to happen. But it could happen. Okay, because you got to remember, they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at it. And they're probably even throwing that there. There are people in power, quote unquote, still. They're very well aware of the assembly of people. They're very well aware of what's going on and how the de jure republic is getting restored. Which is why we're seeing all this chaos right now. This is a war. And I have seen more illustration of it via emails coming to me. All of a sudden, it seems like I had a slew of emails. And I'm not going to say who. But from... Various people, some within the assembly, some not within the assembly. And I'm not going to get into the exact details, but we'll just say this. I've been spotting and sniffing out some scumbags and snakes that have brought up a certain subject matter to try to sow seeds of doubt within the, you know, the good and faithful righteous people within the assembly trying to sow seeds of doubt, trying to sow seeds of um, hopelessness, to try to steer people away. I'm going to tell you right now, there is a huge, huge attack on the National Assembly. Why? Again, from the Vatican all the way down to infiltrators within the Assembly. They do not want the restored Republic, folks. They do not want the Republic restored. But like Rita was just saying, absolutely, with God, all things are possible. I'm not going to worry about the 
obfuscators, if you will, or the infiltrators, we will get our assembly of states. Make no mistake, because we have a lot of good men and women in the assembly. And let me tell you something, the people that I get emails from, they're being dealt with. I've talked to a few people that are, you know, um, that have been long involved in the assembly. And they are being dealt with. They have been called out. And there is a process to deal with these people. And so, and, and there's not many of them, but there's, there's a few in different states. And they're getting taken care of. And when I say getting taken care of, I don't mean the mafia way that, oh, they're going to get whacked. No, no, no. There, there's a lawful process that involves, you know, rescinding their JCOs, their Juro Covenant of Office. So, you know, and again, and then also people outside the assembly trying to really kill our progress. Because again, they know what's going to happen when we get our 38 states. Why do you think this is so important? It's not about status correction with the state national assembly, which is bull crap, by the way, it's not a lawful assembly. Why do you think that you hear the state national assembly getting touted and people from that state national assembly interviewed on different podcasts like SGT report and uh, the Mel K show and um, the Patriot street fighter, you know, nothing that is actually legit Excuse me, let me reword this. Anything that you hear some a lot of these podcasters out here talk about, if they're if they're touting them openly on their shows, you better believe that it's not legit. Remember, there's some good podcasters out there, but even some of the ones that are deceptive, they'll put out 95% truth out just so they can get 5% untruth out. There's a lady, I can't remember her name. I think she's somewhere in Georgia. She has a podcast, I think, uh, I can't remember her name, but she said that over 90% of the podcasters that are out here in the truth movement are bullshit. You gotta watch out who you're listening to. Well, Jason, how do I know you're not part of the 90%? Well, take a listen of what I talk about and discuss over here versus what the rest of the 90% discusses. There is one thing you will hear at this platform that you don't hear anywhere else. And yeah, that includes X-22. And I like X-22, but he doesn't talk about this. Like he makes some references to it, but you will not hear about the National Assembly. Just like they tried very hard to silence Donald Trump on Twitter. Make no mistake, they're doing their hardest to silence the voice of we the people in lawful assembly. It's like Trump always said, their attacks on me is an attack on you. They're not just coming, at, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. They're coming after us. And like I always say, with people in the state national, quote unquote, assembly, not a real assembly, by the way, you look at some of those people and they're doing they're out doing public speaking engagements and charging $259 or whatever it is to to you know, be heard to be you know listened to. Bobby Lawrence is another one. Nobody in a national assembly goes out and does speaking engagements. You know what we do? We conduct 
government business. We conduct government business with by we the people. Lawful business of the de jure republic. We're not out there doing speaking engagements, charging $259 for, per head to listen to us, how to correct your stupid status so you don't have to pay taxes. This goes far beyond paying taxes, folks. Yes, when the de jure republic finally rises up, believe me, when we get our 38 states, that's going to be one big benefit for a lot of folks is the federal tax, income tax, goes bye-bye. But that should not be our main reason for assembling the people. We need to get our liberties and freedom back. The collapse of the dollar is happening. Like I said, these stupid Federal Reserve notes, and that's the other thing, you know, with the assemblies, we, we, we just, there's, God, there's so much I need to talk about. So I can't even cover it all in, in an hour here. And then, and that's another thing here. Listen to this story. Then you got that story that I remember hearing, what all major credit card brands out there are trying to code their transactions so that you'll be flagged upon, you know, you'll be flagged when you do purchases of ammunition, magazines, or firearms. What the hell is that? Like, seriously, what the hell is that? What exactly are their intentions? What are these credit card companies, Visa, MasterCard, Discover, what are their intentions by flagging a transaction if you purchase firearms or ammunition? What is that? So you could be a law-abiding, you know, American. I'm not going to say citizen because citizen is a bad, bad word. But you could be a law-abiding American, have a complete, clean background, no priors, no anything, but yet the credit card company will flag it and say, nope, 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 nope. Mm, we're going to put you on the list because you're, you're, you're buying that AR and all this, uh, you know, you know, two, two, three ammunition. Nope, not allowed. Nope. What are, what are these credit cards, you know, company, what are their intentions? See, this is the kind of crap that we need to get away from. See, that's part of the, you know, I don't know if that's part of the private public partnership, but that right there, that's fascism. Because if those government, if those companies, those credit card companies are given lists to the government of who is purchasing ammo and and firearms in bulk, that's a big problem. That's the that, that's the true epitome and definition of fascism, folks. We do not want private companies working with a public government. That's not how this works. This is why we need our assemblies yet again. Yeah, I have no idea what the hell their 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 intentions are, but uh, they can't be good. Here's another thing. Then you got California. Sorry, Rita, but your state is very hot. Apparently, you got California in their heat wave. Their energy crisis is is only increasing out there. They're trying to tell people who have electric vehicles, you know, conserve energy. Don't charge your cars. I think they did it in Texas too. Listen to this for a second. Just listen to this. As we reported, California is still struggling to deal with record heat, and the state's electrical grid operator warned that rising demand could even lead to outages tonight. But to California now, where the state is going from one weather extreme to another, including a historic heat wave. The heat is particularly challenging right now, but the drought and the high temperatures could be putting California at higher risk for flooding and other complications from superstorms down the line. A recent study suggests the Golden State must also prepare for a large flood event. So for the Bay Area, I think we've been kind of living through some of these changes with the more frequent droughts, drier and hotter spring to fall periods. We've been noticing the longer fire seasons. 
But at the same time, even with persistent drought, high impact, fewer storms. This was a storm that set a record for atmospheric water vapor. The California heat wave is stretching into its eighth straight day. Multiple wildfires are burning across California as firefighters battle the flames along with the brutal heat. Now more on that record-breaking temperatures today in Long Beach where it hit 108 degrees by the ocean. In the Southern California mountains, another wildfire exploded in size. And then look at this scene on social media, wind and rain pummeling this backyard patio and pool. All of it catching people off guard this Labor Day weekend. Salt Lake City in Fresno, California had their hottest September days ever. The brutal heat is straining California's power grid and power companies are pleading with the public to conserve energy. Droughts becoming more persistent as those climate change models were suggesting would happen. Ongoing across California with increasing drought frequency and intensity. The historical context of what we can see in a high impact event versus one now in a climate change present and future, we have an increase in atmospheric moisture, which powers up higher rain rates and higher snow levels. It's weather whiplash on the West Coast, from raging wildfires to flooded freeways. But massive fires in Northern California and Oregon are still burning. The explosive mosquito fire north of Sacramento is now the largest in the state, sending a plume of smoke and ash 40,000 feet in the air. This is all happening as climate change is making the American West hotter and drier. Now, scientists say that climate change doesn't necessarily cause a heat wave to happen, but it can make them longer and more intense. Tell you what, that's, uh, you know, you can hear the media just climate change, you know, everything's getting hotter. Can you tell that they're trying to push a, a certain agenda here? All right, now, while they are having some pretty crazy heat, let's not forget that there's this little contraption called HARP that can control the weather around the world. They can steer storms. They can create tornadoes on a dime. I think this is one of the reasons why we saw that big freeze over, what, a year or two ago in Texas that freaking completely shut down the power grid there. That's not normal, folks. I think Raccoon 6 here on the chat board was saying, because he lives in Montana, he said, we've had our above 100-degree day for three months here in my state. Yeah. And let's see here. Rita was just saying, FYI, Teslas are all over the place here and people are so done with the nonsense. You know, when they're trying to tell people and see, this is it, you know, they're also with these stupid EVs, they're trying to restrict your right to travel because if you can't charge your vehicle, you are unable to travel. You know what I'm saying? You're unable to travel. Let's listen to this. Here's the dark side of, of, of EVs here. So this was something that I thought was interesting. Listen to this. There's a couple different parts here, but we have to hear this because people don't understand. You know, the people that buy electric vehicles, they think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to save the earth. I'm, I'm, I'm participating in the Green New Deal. No, listen to this for a second. The dark side of electric vehicles. Listen to this. Climate action is the new buzzword. And why wouldn't it be? One world is all we have and our world is at risk. Countries, corporates and citizens claim to be doing all they can to save the planet from climate change. Green energy is being floated as one of the top solutions. We are replacing coal with hydropower, fossil fuels with solar energy, petrol and diesel cars with electric vehicles. EVs are being pitched as cleaner, greener and sustainable. But are they? What's clean for the environment may not really be clean. 
Hidden beneath the shiny exteriors of an EV is a story of blood batteries. These cars drive human rights violations, extreme poverty and child labor. Hello and welcome to Gravitas Plus. I'm Palki Sharma Upadhyay. An electric car runs on battery, you know that. But do you know what these batteries are made of? Rare metals like lithium and cobalt. Cobalt gives the battery stability and allows it to operate safely. It's a bluish gray colored metal. It is found in the Earth's crust, or what we call crustal rocks. Cobalt has several uses, like in jet turbine generators, tool materials, pigments, and smartphone batteries. But its major use is in lithium ion batteries. Half of the cobalt produced goes into electric cars. We're talking about four to 30 kilos of cobalt per battery. This metal is found all over the world, like in Australia, Canada, China, Cuba, South Africa, the United States, the Philippines. But 70% of the total supply comes from one country, Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Let's zoom into this country. DR Congo is the second largest country in Africa. Its GDP is around $49 billion. Congo is synonymous with conflict, poverty and corruption. Beneath the country's red earth is the world's largest deposit of cobalt. 92 million people live here. Some 2 million depend on cobalt production. They are called negociants. Yeah, they're calling it blood cobalt. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that movie Blood Diamond with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. That's like a three-hour movie. I'll tell you what, that's a very sad movie, also based on a true story. Now, you just take that movie, substitute it with cobalt, and that's probably what you get, probably even worse. Let's hear another little clip from 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 that reporter. This is this is so sick, and people yet think that they are doing a world of good by getting an electric vehicle. And let's let's keep in mind, there are more reports now that electric vehicles have been out for quite some time, a good you know solid amount of years of you know use of some of these electric vehicles. Now the batteries are starting to diminish. Well, guess what? If your car is not still under warranty and you need a new battery pack for your car, you're pretty much looking at around anywhere between 15 and what $20,000 to, you know, replace that battery pack. I don't know about you, but I certainly don't have 15, $20,000 to cough up to put a new battery pack on there. Hell, that's almost a damn near new, you know, a, a pretty decent used car. Let's listen to this little part here. Cobalt mining in Congo is divided into two categories, industrial or large scale mining and artisanal or small scale mining. What's the difference between the two? Artisanal mines are unregulated. Labor laws do not apply here. Neither do safety protocols. These mines produce 20 to 30% of Congo's cobalt. Some 200,000 miners work in these mines. At least 40,000 of them are children. Some as young as six. These children flirt with death daily. They enter vertical tunnels. Most of them are too narrow for adults to enter. Inside, it's like a furnace. The children dig for cobalt under inhuman conditions. Sometimes they have shovels, but mostly they dig with their bare hands. They have no masks, no gloves, no work clothes, and sometimes just 20 minutes worth of oxygen. But these young children go on for hours. After digging, they crush the rocks. They wash them and carry their finds to the market to find a buyer. How much do these children make? Sometimes as little as a dollar. Cobalt is a multi-billion dollar industry. It is estimated to be worth $13.63 billion by 2027. But this money never reaches a child who is spotting and extracting the metal. 
In poverty-stricken Congo, even a dollar is worth risking one's life. Many die trying to make this money. ABC recently profiled a woman who lost her son to a mine-related accident. The boy was 13 years old. He told his mother he was going to the market to buy coal for her so that she could cook. Instead, the boy went to a cobalt mine to try and earn an extra buck for the house. The mine embankment collapsed. The 13-year-old never returned home. Between 2014 and 2015, at least 80 artisanal miners died in Congo. In 2019, an accident killed 43 miners. According to one estimate, 2,000 illegal miners die in Congo every year. Many suffer permanent lung damage, skin infection and life-changing injuries. In 2019, some families from Congo filed a lawsuit. They named companies like Tesla, accused them of aiding and abetting in the death and injury of children. The lawsuit spoke about a child. He was referred to as John Doe 1. John was working as a human mule since the age of nine. He would carry bags after bags of cobalt just for $0.75 a day. One day, John fell into a tunnel. Fellow workers dragged him out of it. But they left John alone on the ground. When the child's parents found out about the accident, they rushed to the mining site. It was too late. John was paralyzed. Doctors say he will never be able to walk again. Why do children work in these high-risk mines? Because of poverty and the hope to get out of it. Families in Congo are betting big on cobalt. It's like their crypto. Their chance to make it big. The metal's demand has tripled in the last decade. It is expected to double again by 2035. The demand is being driven by electric vehicles. Today, there are more than 6.5 million EVs on the road. By 2040, that number will touch 66 million. So that's 66 million multiplied by 30 kilos of cobalt. Do the math. By 2050, the demand for cobalt production is expected to increase 585%. Yeah, that's insane. So I know uh, somebody was asking if I could post this i just forwarded it just now on telegram on my channel i got it uh, i pulled it from uh, donna brandenburg's page uh, because she posted it this morning and her her comment was have the green energy initiatives impact you know have impact around the world been criminal in scope is it one of the largest polluters and guilty of untold human rights violations things aren't always what they appear wind energy has a huge negative environmental footprint and isn't free it's financially a disaster and so is lithium battery production evs etc and then of course there's the video and again just as a the 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 channel it's uh, that this reporter is on it's called i think it's called gravitas plus and yeah, the, the story is called The Dark Side of Electric Vehicles. There's one more uh, one more sound clip from that. But yeah, it's very sad because you, I would highly recommend watching that um, that video. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> because the visual behind her story, her reporting is very, very powerful. People think that electric vehicles are clean. But you got to remember, even these electric cars have to be powered somehow. When I, I worked for a company before I'm with the company now, I worked for another fuel hauling company and we used to take full loads of diesel into the local power plant whenever they needed to start up a, um, whenever they needed to start up a, uh, a burner, I guess, you know, for, to, to generate electricity, I would take full loads of 12,000 gallons of diesel into these power plants. Okay. Now. Personally, I think if you want clean energy, I think we need to all go back to nuclear. 
But see, these greenies who drive these Teslas, now don't get me wrong, these, these Teslas are pretty cool looking and they're fast. But that's just me being a car enthusiast. But at the end of the day, they're not, <clears throat> they're not, they're not sufficient and they're not clean. And that electric still has to be generated somewhere. Okay. People think just because you plug it into a wall, that means that vehicle is clean. Outside of the battery mining, you're still using quote unquote, and I hate the term, I'm going to, I'm going to use it anyway, fossil fuels, which by the way, does not come from fossils. That was a term that was developed by the Rothschilds, by the way, to create the illusion that there is a limited amount of petroleum products that we use on a daily basis. So again, so they can use it to manufacture their next part of the agenda down the road. I mean, the term fossil fuel is a bullshit term. Okay. I just, just putting that out there. The term fossil fuel is a bullshit term. I hate to break it to you. It's not a real thing. There is an unlimited amount of petroleum to be used for not just fuel, but also making different products. Now, am I saying it's good for the human body? No, not saying it is. But what I'm also saying is wind and solar is not the only answer. Now, they're good supplements, but that's not where you're going to derive your power to power up the world grid. Now, you want to talk about true clean energy? Okay, I'm talking energy that produces power to our homes. Again, nuclear, nuclear power plants. But I believe there's also other stuff that's going to be coming, coming down the road here. Um, there's companies out there that are developing, it was, it, it was speaking of Tesla, Nikola Tesla technology that doesn't even require any type of fuel. I think it uses magnetism and stuff like that. Very interesting stuff, way beyond the scope of my you know, ability to regurgitate and you know, explain here. But let's listen to just one last part of this dark side of electric vehicles. One more clip here. Congo's families want to ride this wave and tide over poverty. Sending their children to the mines is not a choice for them, but necessity. These children end up working as artisanal miners or informal workers. They're not employed by any company, but several companies line up to buy their fines. You see, it is cheaper to buy cobalt from a child than a regulated mine. And who understands business better than China? Most of these companies dealing in blood batteries are from China. It dominates the global supply chain of cobalt. China owns up to 50% of the metals production. It controls around 80% of cobalt's refining. In the last 15 years, Chinese companies have bought out North American and European companies mining in Congo. Today, Chinese firms own 15 out of the 19 industrial mines in this country. In exchange for Congo's cobalt, China has promised the country billions in investment in the form of infrastructure, schools and roads. Now, Congo is another example of how stories featuring China never end well. Today, China is leaking blood cobalt into the supply chain of electric vehicles. Chinese companies are buying cobalt from children, encouraging them to participate in the trade of blood batteries. One of the largest cobalt processors in Congo is a company called CDM, or Congo Dongfang Mining. It is a subsidiary of Zhejiang Huayu Cobalt, a Chinese company, of course. Huayu supplies cobalt to electric car makers like Volkswagen. 40% of Huayu's cobalt comes from Congo. In 2016, the Chinese company was called out by an NGO. It was branded a benefactor of child labor. Huayu pledged to clean up its act. But did anything change on the ground? Reports raise serious doubts 
this is one part of the story. There is blood in China's large-scale mines too. There, workers are abused, discriminated, beaten and made to work without contracts and sufficient ration. One worker told the media, and I'm quoting, if a worker dies, the Chinese don't report it to the government. They bury the person hiding the corpse and bribe the family to keep quiet. That's... Yeah, that's exactly it. I'll tell you, it's... But yet people think they're doing, they're doing good by buying electric vehicles. They think that these stupid EVs are perfect for the environment. Well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when these batteries need to be disposed of? You still got all this, you know, these, this, this toxic crap that's in these batteries. Just like, just like the big carbon blades used for wind turbine, turbines. They just take them after they, you know, they lose their efficacy from working. And they, I guess from what I understand, they haul them out west and they bury them in the desert. Well, that sounds very economically and environmentally friendly for me. They can't even reuse or recycle the carbon. <coughs> Excuse me. Nothing is what it seems. Nothing is what it seems. So that's pretty much all I got. I mean, like I said, there's so much more I wanted to cover, but here is one little interesting thing I'll, I'll kind of leave on a note, you know, final last note, a couple things actually. I saw this on Telegram. I thought this was interesting. So this was by Ultra Peppy Lives Matter. They retruth this actually on, on True Social, but I saw this on Telegram. So it says the day, the eighth day of the month has been interesting as of late. July 8th, you had Shinzo Abe of Japan. He was assassinated. August 8th, you had the Mar-a-Lago that was raided by FBI. Of course, September 8th, we had Queen Elizabeth's announcement of her death. That was in interesting. November 8th coming up, we have our midterm election. So what are we to expect on October 8th? Should be kind of interesting. Whoever pointed that out, that is pretty interesting. The eighth of every month since July has been something of significance that had happened. So, yeah, what are we going to see October 8th? I, I've always said over the last few months, over the last couple of months, that the last few months of this year will be quite an interesting time frame. And I think based on this alone, it's only going to get more interesting than most people even realize. I mean, what that looks like, I don't know. I'm not sure. But what I am sure of is that the total reliance of God and his divine protection we will, you know, I think we will be just fine so long as we follow his will and, you know, we, we pray to God. But uh, yeah, Rita was just asking, I wonder what the eighth, you know, symbolism means. So um, there was that, um, like I said, I had a ton of notes here, but I'm trying not to, you know, make this go any longer than I have to. There was one piece I saw that was forwarded on Telegram and this video has been going all over the place. Now it's hard to tell. There's really no proof, but it says that the water in Jackson, Mississippi is completely brown now. People can't even get clean water. And this is the United States. We shouldn't be having this problem. And so that's pretty, that's pretty sad. Um, apparently, there is a wrongful death lawsuit that was filed 
um, against three California hospitals for using remdesivir as COVID-19 treatment without informed consent. I think we're going to start seeing that more and more um, as time presses on, not just against hospitals, but against big pharma. Here's the thing that kind of really irritates me, and then I'll, 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 I'll stop here. Like I said, I haul fuel and I drive all over the place. Um, you know, I drive all over Michigan, uh, at least west, southern, and northern Michigan for my job. And part of my routes, wherever I have to deliver fuel at, I drive past the Pfizer factory, the Pfizer, you know, uh, plant that's down there in the Kalamazoo Jackson kind of area down there. I think it's like Kalamazoo area. And there's a gas station that I drive to. So I pass Pfizer. I'm a little irritated and pissed to be honest with you, because when I drive past that factory, not only is it still open, but they're expanding their operations. There is so much construction happening over there on the other side of the road from their main plant. They're actually building a walk path, I guess, for their employees to get to. They're expanding their operations, and I want to know why. Why is this company not going down? Maybe it's because we didn't get our assemblies put together yet, and maybe they'll go down. I don't know. But here's the, here's the sad reality. With my own eyes, as God as my witness, strike me down dead if I tell this as a falsity, which is not. Why, they are expanding their operations, and I would like to know why. It kind of, it was very, very disheartening when I saw all the new construction with their added, you know, their additions to their factory. What the hell are they doing? Yeah, you know what? Odd Patriot, when I get back down there, I will take pictures. I will take pictures. I thought about that. Um, I got to make sure I can have a place where I could safely pull my, my truck because, you know, when I'm hauling hazmat, I got to be very careful regulation wise where I pull my semi. Because it is a you know a fairly busy road, but when I get back down there, I'm going to try to figure out a way that I can get some pictures. Because I and I brought this up to Donna Brandenburg too. I said this is really really irritating, and I asked her, I'm like, do you happen to know anything about this? And she, you know she didn't, of course. Um, yeah, somebody said dash cam. Unfortunately, I can't access the dash cam. That's uh, all company. It's all company owned and any camera footage that does come across, it goes to a third party company. And then if there's something that I'm doing in violation, that footage gets sent to my manager. So there's absolutely no way I can get any of that, that, inf you know, that, that footage. Yeah. Very, 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 you know, heavily, <laughs> heavily watched where I work at. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, it, it's, it's so irritating to see the expansion of that factory, but yeah, I will do my best to get some pictures. Um, that gas station that I haul to, uh, it's mostly something that's hauled uh, by a different fleet in Southern Michigan, but I will definitely try to get my, uh, get down there. Cause I usually go to an ethanol plant that's on my way there. And so I'll just maybe take a little slight detour when I'm empty, see if I can get some pictures, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's really irritating. I want to know why that plant is still expanding. Oh, but anyways, but, um, that's all I got for you today. Like I said, it's, there's a lot that I wanted to cover, but only so much time, of course. I'm going to continue to try to keep uh, resting my voice here tomorrow. It, like I said, it's podcast-free Saturdays, so I will not be on the air tomorrow. I'll be back on Sunday. We'll continue the 1% uh, with him, with uh, Psalm chapter 20. And um, yeah, and and then we'll do, a, like I said, an EDU spot because I, I want to wrap up the 2000-25 uh, reading of that uh, field training manual, 2000-25. We're almost done with that. 
So I guess until then or the next time, I hope you all have a great day. And um, like I said, remember here at His Hard Line, you know, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. We have to be. You know, the enemy has crossed that line for the last time, and we do rely on the protection of divine providence, and we will do our part as warriors for Christ to hold that line. As it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So proceed forward, hardliners, and never, ever waver. So important, you never waver. This is your land. This is your country. This is your life. You need to own it. You need to protect it. So I hope you all have a blessed day or night, wherever you're at in the world, and we will see you back here on Sunday. Have a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. representative of His Majesty the King. By decree, according to martial law, the following statutes are temporarily amended. Right to assembly, suspended. Right to habeas corpus, suspended. Right to legal counsel, suspended. Right to verdict by a jury of peers, suspended. By decree, all persons found guilty of piracy or aiding a person convicted of piracy or associating with a person convicted of piracy shall be sentenced to hang by the neck until dead. gentlemen that is all we have for the day thank you for joining us here at his heart line and remember as it states in joshua 1 9 i command you be strong and steadfast do not fear nor be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go we are warriors for christ ladies and gentlemen and that enemy has crossed that line for the last time and we will push the enemy back on their side it's time to get our nation back it's time to return to God. We need to repent of our sins. If we plan on moving forward as a nation under God, we need to ask for his forgiveness. And each and every day, remember, you need to ask and invite Jesus Christ in your heart each and every day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line, and please come back. Share this podcast far and wide. And don't forget to share the website, www.hishardline.com.
We'll see you next time.